Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a crowd podcast. Oi, this episode is sponsored by the Ian Miller Band. To be more like Ian, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Joe Marler is a big hearted man, and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, everyone. As you will know by now, this is Tom speaking to you. Now, I'm not with Joe today, which makes me sad, but I'm also happy because Joe is busy training with England for the Rugby World Cup. So here's the plan. We thought that this would be a great opportunity to play you some of the very best bits from our year together so far. There are some crackers in here. There's some bits you'll remember. There's some bits you will definitely have forgotten, but we think you will enjoy them all. So sit back, relax, and open your ears. Do you like a bit of chat, Joe? With a, a cashier, with a bleeper. The bleeper? The person doing the scanning. Yeah, well, I think bleeper's <laughs> really quite disrespectful. Do you enjoy a bit of chit-chat with him? I love him. Okay, um, I'm going to give you a scenario where you are working behind the till. Nick has arrived, he's got a significant number of items. You're bleeping them, just start the interaction, let's see where it goes. Hello, mate, how are you? Uh, not great, I've been queuing for like ten minutes. Have you? Yeah. Sorry to hear that. If you didn't want to queue, you should have gone and bought your uh, shopping in Germany. Oh, fair enough. Oh, see? See, I got you to smile, didn't I? It's not that bad, is it? I'll, uh, it's all right, I'll go down to Sainsbury's. So I'm not shopping there anymore. What, right now? Uh, yeah, I might just leave all this here, actually. Well, not a problem, sir. If you if you need to go down there to Sainsbury's, that's absolutely fine, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or alternatively, we could carry on getting to know each other a bit better and seeing how your day can continue to go from here. So what have you got on after this? Beep. Uh, just going to go home, put my shopping away. If you could hurry up a little bit, I'm, I'm in a bit of a Beep. rush. Do you need help uh, packing? Uh, no, it's fine, no, it's fine. You sure? Yeah, yeah, it's Beep. fine. I, I've got a certain way I like to do it. Yeah, cool. Beep. Bags, Joe. Have you asked me if you want bags? Beep. Do you need some bags? Beep. Uh, it's a bit late now, I've already... What do you mean it's a bit late now? Well, I've already started doing it. You should have asked me at the start. Quite a difficult customer, aren't you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Beep. 
Oh, hang on. Mm, these are cracked. Let me just... Sandra? <laughs> yeah, can you... Yeah, we need some eggs. Yeah, no, just hang on. Do you want these ones, sir? The 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 yellow ten, you know the yellow happy hen ones. Oh yeah, please, that'd be great. You do want? Yeah, these please, ones. yeah. Yeah, he wants ten happy hen ones. Do they? No, we've only got six now left. Do you want two boxes of six instead? No, I want ten. You want ten? Yeah. yeah no, he only wants ten. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, no worries, sir. She's coming over. Thank you very much. Yep. Sorry about that. No, it's no problem. Thanks. You've you've really turned me around. Actually, I, the interaction at the start was not great, but oh. I'm, I'm feeling. I might stay. I might stay a shopper in here. Oh, like a Valencia ice lolly. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Just so you know, sir, I'm, I'm also a big fan of Valencia ice lollies. How many can you eat in one go? When you like to know. <laughs> My record's twelve. So. Your record's twelve. Yeah, yeah, love them. <laughs> Are you single? Uh, unfortunately not. No, sorry. Oh, sorry, special. Might be able to change that. Beep. Beep. Oh, Sandra. Yep. Sorry, Sandra. Yeah, got his eggs. Yeah, yeah. No, he just wanted ten. Cool. <laughs> so what she's done here, sir? Because we didn't have ten available, we only had two boxes of sixes, which is two half a dozens. <laughs> um, so what we've done is we've fucked off two of the eggs. You've got 10 now, sir, but we've charged you for 12. I'm it's... not that thrilled about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, not thrilled. thrilled. No, I'm not paying for 12 eggs. Well, you... I've got 10. Oh, I'm... well, to be honest, you shouldn't have been such a rude <laughs> at the start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might... oh, I don't know if I could deal with awkward customers like that, actually. Quite difficult. Have you had to deal with many difficult customers in your time? Loads. Loads. Yeah, What's loads. your best approach with them? It depends what the situation is. So I've always been the one who has had to come down and deal with the shit. So do you always get that call, um, excuse me, can I see the manager? Not necessarily that in that situation, but when it kicks off. If yeah. there's a customer down the front being rude, being loud, being aggressive. A lot of the time it was a guy being like really loud, aggressive to customer service staff. Then you get the the customers who just just want to moan about Do stuff. They? Yeah, like COVID was COVID was crazy in supermarkets. People were assholes. People were really really oh bad. Oh my aggressive. god! You've just reminded me of the COVID times. Yeah. Like, how, what? It was it was crazy. I, I've never twenty one years in re, uh, supermarkets. I've never seen anything like it. So, did, what sort of system did you run at your supermarket that you're working at during COVID? So we had um, numbers. So we only were allowed like thirty people in the store at a time. Maybe uh, I can't remember. It's like thirty to fifty. Uh, we'd have someone on the door, and it was counting people in and out. But people would be queuing. They'd be getting aggressive. They'd be getting angry. They'd go into the store, finally get in there. There's nothing on the shelves. Oh. Uh, and I remember one one situation. You talk about keeping your cool, and I didn't. I didn't keep my cool. A customer came up to me and started accusing me of hiding chicken out the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the middle of the, I'm working in the middle of the aisle with my store manager, with with store manager, and uh, <laughs> they've actually started having a go at her first. And and I'm really like, I'm protective over my team. Like I don't. If, if anything's kicking off, that's why I always did go down the front. If something's kicking off, not because I want to get involved, because I'm, I'm, I'm don't like confrontation, but I feel like I've got to look after my team. So she started having a go at my store manager, and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He stepped in, and she's like, why are you hiding chicken? <laughs> and I was like, we're not hiding chicken. Like I don't know if you know what's going on around the world at the moment, but there's a pandemic. There's panic shopping. Everywhere's run out of stuff. And she's like, no, nah, you're lying. You've got chicken out the back. <laughs> And I was like, where, where, like, I'd love to know where she got her sauce from of like... Her sauce for the chicken. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd she like, get the idea from that you're nicking or hiding chicken? I think, uh, it's, I guess there's a lot of scaremongering at the time, weren't there? Like, 
Why would you hire chicken? Your whole point as a supermarket is to sell food. And that's what I said. That's exactly what I said. I was like, my job is to make money by you buying stuff. Why am I going to hide it out of the back? It doesn't make any sense. She just did not believe me. She walked out and said, I'm going over the road to Tesco's. And I was like, all right, off you fuck. Did you? Um, off you fuck. I haven't heard that. Was she I don't un- think I've ever heard that. Off you fuck. Yeah. I like it. Go on, off you fuck. I mean, I was, I was, I was getting... More and more angry. I didn't actually say that to her. In my head, I thought it. Um, But I was getting more and more angry to the point where a couple of customers calmed me down. Because they were like, it's not worth it. You know, don't worry about it. She's just an idiot. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I had to deal with on a regular basis. In my my last supermarket, I got called down the front again. And uh, it was these repeat shoplifters. They came in as a group. The guy would go around filling his bag or doing whatever he wanted. And then the women would have big trolleys of shopping and then they get to the checkout, they start kicking off to distract everyone from what he was doing. And I went, I got called down the front, I went down there and I was like, look, you do this, this is the third time we caught you doing it. It's boring, I've had enough of it. Like, just just fuck off. Off uh, you fuck. Off you fuck, yeah. And one of them turned around to me and she started shouting and screaming at me and she's like, oh, fuck off you bull prick and all this. And I was standing there and I started smiling. And she's like, she, she started like, what are you smiling at? What are you smiling at? And then my colleague said to me afterwards, she was like, why are you smiling? I was like, well, normally I get called a bald fat prick. I must have lost some weight. This is great. <laughs> this is really good. So, yeah, we used to get a lot of that. Right, let's talk about Richard III being found under this car park. Yeah, let's. I've got so many questions. Right, first question, why did it take so long for him to be found? And second question, although please answer the first question first, <laughs> how do we definitely know it's Richard III? Well, I think people knew that he was there. So there was an archaeologist who did quite a lot of work around it um, in the 50s and 60s. So I think they knew that he was there in that location. Now, the thing about archaeology is, is you don't dig for the sake of digging. So you have to have a robust kind of set of research questions. So if you're kind of going off to do research with the university, you've got to have a particular set of questions that you want to answer. And that's what we did on Time Team. We've got four things that we want to find out about this site. And we'd go there for three days and we'd find out. It's the same wherever you go. You have to have really good set of questions that you want to answer. So with the car park (laughs) thing, it's all about money. So how are you going to finance an excavation? And that's where then you got Philippa Langley, the Richard III Society. They stumped up cash to excavate this car park. Why Why this car park? Why go, this is where we reckon we should put our money to stump up and excavate? They, they knew that he was buried in a friary and that's where the location is of that and then they actually i think they did find the skeleton early on and then they were trying to find the altar they thought it was in a different place and then they came back and then they they excavated the the skeleton in its entirety and realized that there was um, had a deformed um, spine, a mm. yeah, and had scoliosis. He was a what? Well, Shakespeare stitches him up, doesn't he? Apparently, yeah. Shakespeare describes him as a hunchback in his play Richard the Third. So he makes. Who was up. Richard the Third? He was a king of England. Did he well, die at the Battle of Bosworth? Is that different? Yeah. Was this the one? Um, did he get shot in the eye with an arrow? No. No. Did he... Rowan Atkinson, there was an episode of Blackadder and who played who played Richard III? Didn't he fake his death? He didn't die the way... He, apparently, he didn't even die on the battlefield. He was actually a coward, according to Blackadder. 
How accurate's that? <laughs> I, think, I think I think he did die in the battlefield. Oh, okay. And I think didn't somebody say that he got stabbed in the bum? They killed him. Stabbed in the ass. Uh, anyway, don't quote. It's well, I say don't quote me on that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that but the reason they had to double check whether it was him was they used DNA. They had to use DNA. So I don't know if you know. If the I don't think the Queen gave a sample, but I think somebody. <laughs> <laughs> It was somebody who was in that lineage. Um, have you found any other royal dead people? Uh, no. No. Have you have you discovered skeletons before? Yeah, like, loads, 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 tons and tons. So, how many have you discovered in one site before? Oh, the first job that I ever did was a site called Sp- it's Spitalfields in London. Yeah, and the market. Used, yes, yeah. underneath the market. <gasps> so this is what a lot of people don't know: is that the market actually floats on pillars. It what? It does. It's not. It's there's nothing solid underneath there. It, there's these massive pillars that holds the market up, and bl- just to blow your mind. You can actually still go down there. <gasps> so I think once every year it's open for Halloween. <laughs> we're you going. Can, yeah, are we? You should go. I'm going. I'll come with you if I have to. But so we're going. Okay. Okay. So that was underneath there. Was the old Roman cemetery. And also massive plague pits Ooh. and uh, pits for medieval hospital. We're not going anymore. <laughs> like so real, you... real, like, like where they chucked all the plague yeah, dead yeah, yeah. bodies. So <gasps> can you imagine your first job as a professional archaeologist is on this site where I think at the end they found something like 12,000 bodies. 12,000? Fuck me, dead. Yeah, and we had to excavate three skeletons a day. Well, that's so the fun out of it, doesn't it? It just makes it a bit... You spent 40,000 days excavating. That works out at 40,000. Yeah, I didn't. We we oh. did it in different... We I think we spent a total of seven years excavating in different... Talk me through how you're doing it, Raksha. So in my head, Joe, I'm not sure if you're the same. I'm imagining, yeah, a little, very small paintbrush. Mm. And you're just, yeah, brushing away, tiny, tiny bit. And then you might just do, do the... <laughs> A little bit of dust leaves the skeleton. I will. And then Raksha shouts, it's a skeleton! What? No, no, no. She wouldn't, she'd go, oh. Oh. I I think it's bone. Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't say the whole skeleton because she could only see a little bit of the bone. Go on. Why are we doing this? I don't know. (laughs) So you don't blow or brush? Obviously, if you're excavating a skeleton, you do it very carefully. Once you've found it and you know that it's a skeleton... Normally, it's quite back-breaking work. Mm. So you're kind of using a mattox, which are like it's a bit like a pickaxe. It's got a blunt blade on one side and a pickaxe blade on the other. Shoveling, loads of shoveling. You've broken stuff, Raksha. Yeah. Well, hang think... on, what do you mean, yeah? <laughs> well, loads of archaeologists break stuff. They do all the time. Get your excuses in early. This yeah. is why people talk about shards of pottery, is it? Because they've fucked off the whole... Yeah. <laughs> The so pot. I- <laughs> we found, we discovered the first ever human pottery pot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it broke because of the pressure and the weight of the soil of which it was under. Um, it had nothing to do with Raksha fucking it off with a pickaxe. <laughs> Our guest today is Tom 
slash Thomas because it, this could get confusing for Gotcha. Me. So we're going to go with Thomas. Our guest today is Thomas Skinner, who is a business owner and a TV personality. Welcome, Thomas. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right, actually, mate. It's good, good. It's good to see you again. It stinks a bit, isn't it? What? It's really? <laughs> Hang on. I'll give, you, I'll give you my armpit first. Tell me if it's me or Joe. It's probably fucking me. Like you, oh, mate, no, you're all right. You're good. But why would you want to sniff that pit? I know. Fuck it, I just come over. <laughs> what we're well, saying so is Joe. Tom, Thomas is very much uh, up front and uh, to the point, so it's fine. We'll work on the air conditioning system and probably get uh, my Tom to put some deodorant on uh, next time we have a guest. No, because <laughs> that will help you with your Have you been pitch. here a long time today? All day, mate. All day. All day. What time to start? 5 a.m. Good time. So we got in here after we had some breakfast. You had some porridge. <laughs> I had a croissant. But my question to you, Thomas, is what have you had for breakfast today? And was it in Dino's Caf? I was in Dino's Caf, 5.30 today. I had steak pie, mashed potatoes, steamed veg, ran chips, and lovely thick gravy. Where's this Dino's Caf? Uh, Leighton, in, on, on the new Spitalfield Fruit and Veg Market. And you had steak pie... Yeah, I have it every morning. You had steak pie for breakfast. Yeah, with gravy and veg. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not judging because everyone eats. Mate, you're own. a sportsman, but... aren't you? Like you should know that's nutrition. <laughs> steak pie at five o'clock <laughs> in the morning. It's good for you. Keeps you going. What about Listen, try what are you it. having on the steak well, pie? Well, see, I watched your little social media video, Thomas. Um, describing said breakfast. Two points for me. First thing, when you were pouring on the gravy. You yeah. made a point of saying it was a no-look gravy pour. Yeah. I saw you look. I did look, yeah. That's fine. Do you know what they've done me, though? Because normally they, they pour it into a tea mug, yeah? But you had a massive... Then like a... what happened was, well, well uh, Ernie, who, who runs a cafe, his sister said, you've got to stop giving Tom gravy in, in teacups. Like, it's <laughs> embarrassing. So so he, he, he today, he went, look, when my sister got me the, the, the gravy pourer, and then it was a bit big, I weren't used to it, so I thought, fucking, I can't, I don't want to spill it. Was, it to be it. fair to you, it was a very, very big jug of gravy. <laughs> My second thought, Thomas, as I watched your video, I was eating my own breakfast, which I'd prepared last night, which I don't think I could find a breakfast which was more opposed to your breakfast, the opposite of your breakfast. I was having overnight oats with some raisins, cranberries and apricots that had also been overnight in the milk. Would that get a bosh from you or not? That would be a bit... I suspected as much, Joe, yeah. Overnight oats? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just have them in the morning? I was in a bit of a rush why, early train. Why are they called overnight oats as well? Prepare them the night before. Yeah, Soak but... them in the milk, fluffy, fluffs up all the fruit that you've put in there as well. You look like... It sounds like a lot of ag, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of ag. Just How the low... guy who has a steak and ale pie. How low on your list, morning. Thomas, of potential breakfast with overnight oats I don't think you'd make the list. Never? Never. No. Make no, a proper... Listen, even if you have a fry-up, two sausage, bacon, egg, beans, black pudding, fried slice, bit of bread and butter. So people may have seen you, Thomas, on The Apprentice. Yeah. Do you think of all the people who have ever been on The Apprentice, you were the most custom-built for The Apprentice with your background? Selling, 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 working, working, yeah, working. Like, you know, like, going on your apprentice is the best thing I've ever done, and I absolutely love doing that show, but I don't think they'd had anyone on there like me before. You know, like, when you watch that show, everyone on there's like, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that. I, it was his fault, it was her fault. I was like, oh, God, I'm crap at that, mate. Like, no, no, no I'll take the blame. They, they weren't, that's how I was, do you know what I mean? So I think it was just, I was a bit different on that show, but that show was such an experience for me. Like, I met people that I'd never ever meet in, in my life, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it was just great fun, great fun. I just, on The Apprentice, there's one thing that really fucks me off, and that's when you get kicked off, and I can't work out, like, they're always, 
you're always in the clothes that you arrived in. Yeah, because you film it at the start. What? You film your exit at the start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's that's why I'm always confused about it. <laughs> so, so, so you'd start today, the, today's show, dressed like this, and then I've, I've watched you over six, seven, eight weeks, and then you're in exactly the same clothes again. I go, fucking hell, what's... Yeah, but you know, they do that. So, so you have to pick your ballroom suit. So, so they go, right, you need one suit that you have to wear in a ballroom. You think, oh, it's got a fucking stink in it. Like you wear... You yeah, like, like, the, like this room. Like this room, basically, yeah, yeah. right? And, and you, have, you have the one suit and the one tie, and that is your ballroom suit. So every time you go in a ballroom, you have to wear that suit. And then what you do is you go, they go to you, right, before we do task number one, we want you down here on a Wednesday... We want to we want to film you walking out of the ballroom into the cab, so that when you get fired, if you get fired, that goes on the telly. Right, right, Joe. I think we need to ask Thomas what else really goes on in the Apprentice because there's a lot of stuff to explore in the Apprentice, isn't there? Yeah, let's get into that bit. You won't be aware of this, Thomas, and Joe may be angry for me for with me for raising it, but Joe sometimes, very occasionally, struggles with reading the script um, at the top of the show. How many goes at it does Sugar have to have when he does the task at the top? A hundred. Yeah. Oh, he fucks up. I'm all the time, mate. A ballroom, a ballroom. No, he does. I swear my life. A one. Listen, Lord Sugar's a legend, yeah. But you got to remember, he's in his seventies. He's an old boy. He comes in and he goes, uh, and he just says something completely wrong. <laughs> but, so are you lot sitting there whilst he's getting it, it all uh, wrong one ballroom takes three or four hours to film oh. and you're sitting there and sometimes you've got to stand you've got to stand at the back yeah so you don't always get a chair so you can be standing <laughs> at the back and you're standing and you're thinking fucking hell like oh just fight someone because there's, there's only what's there there's only four chairs is there yeah, you, get, you have like four chairs front, and the other then everyone else stood on the back. You got to stand, but you st- you're standing for a long time and, it, and it's like, cut, right, can you say that again, please? We didn't catch up on the last line. And you think, what? <laughs> and then you see like the two of them arguing. Like, so they go, no, I, I, you, I told you to do that. I told you to sell them. And then all of a sudden they go, cut, could you have that argument again, please? No <laughs> way. Is that, is that legit? Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> You've got to go, oh, no, this is. I think this is ruining it for me, Tom. I think I want it, I want this to be untrue. I want to. I don't want the magic of TV to be ruined. That Lord Sugar actually. Well, yeah, listen, there. He's, in fact, it's nice to hear that he can't fucking read a line off a piece of paper like I can actually. Well, do you mean probably ruin it for you? Go on. You've, you've look, already look, done it. The ballroom ain't a ballroom. What is it then? It's a it's a warehouse. No. It's a warehouse. No. And and uh, you stand in a queue outside the warehouse and you wait to go in. And then you walk into this warehouse that looks like a ballroom with all lights and cameras. There's like 60 people in there with all cameras as well. So like, you, you, you're in there and you, you're thinking, I want to win the show. So you're like, Lord Sugar, I'm, I'm the best. And they go, cut. <laughs> it's brilliant, but it's brilliant. It is brilliant though. But it's not in a boardroom. It's not in a boardroom, mate. That's in a warehouse. But it looks like a boardroom. But obviously, it's TV, isn't it? Yeah, but... It looks like it's up high. It's just on the ground floor in a, in, a, in a warehouse in West London. It's not even on the second floor. I don't know what to say anymore. Hello, my fine friend. Now, before we get on with the rest of the episode, let me remind you that we have another live show coming up later this year. Here is how it's going to work. We're back at the Clapham Grand in London on the 1st of November as part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival. Tickets are on sale now. What are you waiting for? I have a feeling you may hear moments 
like this. That, that lad in the corner who shouted, are you single, is now going, fuck, I shout. I know. Whoever finishes third gets the sex toy. Yes, sir. Oh, he's gone for a hug. Excellent. <laughs> Now, after our last tour, the worldwide press gave the Joe Marler show five stars, and the audience said this. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I thought it was sexy as fuck. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. <laughs> it was well worth it. Absolutely unbelievable. Couldn't ask for any better, really. To get your tickets to the Joe Marler show live at the Clapham Grand, click the link in the episode description. Hardest things, Joe, do you think, as you're learning to drive? Let's do a little list here, and Amon can help us through them. I would say one of the things, Amon, that people fear, or even many years after passing their test struggle with, is the old parallel parking. Yeah, some people. But I feel like roundabouts. Roundabouts are worse. When you're learning to drive in London, I think roundabouts can be difficult because they're just so busy with the sheer amount of traffic. Whereas if you're learning out in the country, roundabouts, they're just you're just kind of breezing through them. There's really not a lot going on and most of them are quite open. Whereas parallel parking in London, you'd know how to do that because that's what you're doing all the time. Like my students, parallel parking, breeze, because they know what they're doing with their feet, they can control it, and they've just got to be aware of their surroundings. And most times you've got double parked cars. So once you're in the road, if someone turns up, You've got to get on with it. Help me with this. Why can people park in that space that feels is enough for one car by reversing into it? Yeah. Why can't they go in it forward? Well, because Why do you have to reverse into it? Because your front tyres are doing the turning. So if you've got the same space and you go front in, your tail's still out. What? And then you'll have to shunt back and forth. My back wheels don't turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, they. I mean, they turn forwards. But they don't turn sideways. They don't turn. They just they just roll. So when you steer a car, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's got four wheels. Yeah, only the front two move. They're the only ones that tilt. Yes. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so the back wheels of my car don't move. They simply they rotate forward. Rotate. Yeah. They just kind of roll with whatever your front's doing. How do I turn left and right then, <laughs> if my back wheels don't turn? <laughs> Let's, let's talk let's about... Go to the break. No, no, no. <laughs> let's go to the break because I'm fucking leaving. What do you mean? Let's talk about a bicycle. Yes. Yeah, go on. So you're or riding a, scooter, a bicycle. Child scooter. Yeah. So you're riding a little bicycle and you want to take a left corner. You're just going to tilt your handlebars, right? Mm. What happens to your back tyre? Skids. <laughs> it, it turns. It comes with us. It just... It, keep, it stays straight. Front turns, but the back doesn't. I'm not too sure if he's joking at this point, guys. I know, he's very much not joking, Alan. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why you can't <laughs> park... Forward. Forward. Yeah. So I just, I honestly thought people would just do this reverse park, this parallel parking, reversely, in reverse. <laughs> yeah. To show off or something. But what if I got a car that the back wheels do move? Could I go in it forward? Yeah, you could sure. probably just go in it sideways. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? just kind of go yeah. alongside and just turn your wheels. Why don't they do Why that? Why don't we yeah. make the cars like that then? <laughs> right so here, right easy. now. We fucking solve all these problems. Literally alongside a space. Wheels turn sideways. Yeah, you, you go, go. You go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. How safe's that? That'll stop people crashing. 
Okay, why do you think that roundabouts are harder than parallel parking then? Because you've got more than one multiple lanes uh, and other people. Other people. Because when you know what you're doing, you've got to now be defensive and be aware of your surroundings. And a lot of the times, people don't know what they're doing on roundabouts. Okay, um, it's important to me that you've brought up that defensive word because I have this argument with my wife a lot when she says I'm a shit driver and I say I'm not a fucking shit driver I'm a good driver she said no you're shit and I said no no I'm an attacking driver attacking <laughs> you're shit and she's like I'm not shit I said you're shit because you're too defensive oh, yeah. a driver yeah. that's like this this hesitation you have doubt in the mind doubt, of the other driver and it's not you don't commit to something that's fucking what causes accidents more than my attacking mindset and she's like, like yeah, you let's imagine- branded it as an attacking mindset well, like, what's yeah. the opposite defense no i know but just you just made it sound like a like an absolute attribute rather than aggressive driving but let's <laughs> say at this junction you've got three four other cars and everyone else has that same mindset what attacking yeah well it's dog eat dog world <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of tackling each other now so well, the, but that's that's how i've uh, that's how I justify it. I've also justified saying that I'm not a shit driver by saying in the over 10 years I've been driving, I've only ever crashed once. Daisy has crashed how many times? Actually, now that I think about it, it's been more than once. <laughs> this aggressive versus defensive thing. Amateur. Attacking. All right. <laughs> Attacking. So I am guilty of saying the same thing to my partner, as Joe says to Daisy, because I say, basically, everyone knows the rules of the road. So if you then wait for someone, then suddenly it's all chaos. Let's say there's a car coming the other way and there's parked cars on their side, so it's our right of way, they mm-hmm. need to wait for us. If you just sit there and wait or go really slowly, then they're thinking, do I go, don't I go? No, I hear that, but in terms of me saying defensive driving, it's not that you're being really overly cautious, it's just being a bit more proactive rather than reactive to things. So coming into a situation where you said park cars on the right, you know you've got priority, you go, yep, it's my priority, is that is that car approaching at speed? Are they are they going to wait for me? So you kind of, you're going, going, yep, that is my priority, but you're aware of what they're doing. Whereas the way you kind of said it there, it's more like, oh, there's a car, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for them. Is it acceptable in that scenario I don't know if you've found this, Joe, at all. So it's my right of way, park cars on the right-hand side, car pulls out, I'm coming the other way, I'm then forced to stop. Is it acceptable to call them a bellend if you smile at them and you say it under your breath? You are um, <laughs> an aggressive driver. No, I'm att- I've got an attacking mindset. Surely the right of way is whoever gets there first. Oh. Or is there a, a legal... Ammon's is it legal or unwritten no. rule? <laughs> like, is it the law, so there's a car parked on the left-hand side and I just fucking go round it and there's a car coming the other way? Yeah. Is it the law that I should have stopped or is it an unwritten rule? It- <laughs> I don't know the legality behind this, but I would say your path is obstructed. Yeah. You need to make sure you're not impeding other drivers when you're yeah, doing but that. If I'd have stayed on that same route, yeah. I'd have gone into the back of that car. That's <laughs> well, then you would so I had stopped. to get out. So my path was in, uh, obstructed. I get out of the way, and then he's trying to obstruct me the other side. <laughs> well, what if he's got the same mindset as you, and now he's coming into it going, yup, and now you're going through at the same time. Now you're both just... Whoosh. Ah, so these defensive drivers are actually helping you out on the roads. Yeah. <laughs> actually, this is true. You couldn't get away with your attacking mindset were it not for the exact same number of defensive drivers legitimising your, your approach. Actions. Hang on. I like what you're both doing here. But if there wasn't an attacking driver on the road, <laughs> there wouldn't be any time for defensive drivers. So we're actually helping each other out. The yin and the yang. Right, I'm going to have to have a little break just to work on my 
Thank oh, my head, dude. Yeah, <laughs> mate, the fucking hell. I'm going to yeah, have a little break. Use some fucking adverts. You'll sit and wait and listen to them, and if you don't, well, that's up to you, because there's always a choice. I was going to say those were the ads, but I think actually, would you do us the honour of taking us out of the ad break by selling the next part of the Joe Marler show to the listeners? Well, just say, well, come back and listen to it. Yeah, but in a way that makes all those listeners who might be thinking about maybe doing something more interesting come back to the show. Okay. Um, now, guys, if, you're, if you've been listening to this show, and it's probably not great, I'm on <laughs> it. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, there's some better podcasts. There's a lot better podcasts out there. I mean, like, I'm just like a fat geezer that eats chips pie in the morning and sells things on the market still, and they've got me up here to talk. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on, but we're going to talk some more bollocks, so carry on watching. Hey, Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that all right? Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Can you guess? We oh, we sometimes do. How many? It's too many. Uh, shit jingle. How, 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 how many? How, how, how many is, is too many? How, 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 how many is too many? Many, 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 Can you guess how many Valencia orange ice lollies? Valencia. Pardon? Uh, how big are these lollies? They're like a normal ice lolly size, so that big. So you're showing me, what, six inches? Yeah, go on. Okay. Is it just a plain Valencia ice orange ice lolly? There's no sprinkles, there's no. No, it's just okay. all natural ice lolly. 78 calories a, lo- a lolly. Okay. I would say, even by your standards, because you're going to get a bit sick of the flavour, you're also going to suffer from the coldness of the ice lolly. Mm. So I would say you. How many came in the box? Four. I right. gave one to Days. Okay, so you've had three from the first box. You're the sort of man who likes to open a second box. Mm. So I'm going to say you had you had four, and then you felt a bit sick. And then you looked at them and just thought, it's a bit melted. I might as well have another one. So you had five. Daisy had her first one from the box and then started on the second one and then gave it up. So you had you had five. I had 11. What? Had 11 ice lollies? I had 11. I had three boxes. Three boxes? <laughs> They're fucking great. Honestly. I, and I, every night now... I eat ice lollies. Not How ice many? creams, ice lollies. On average, I'll have four a night. Many questions here. When you were working your way through 11, was there a point where you thought you were finished and then you surprised yourself? After every box. <laughs> I thought I was finished, but then I'd go back out to the freezer, get the next box. What was the gap between finishing the first box and then going to the freezer for the second one? How long? Uh, so you walk out there, it's about... 30 seconds. <laughs> Walk. When you finished the second box, was there any thought in your head whatsoever apart from, I'm getting another box? No, I think by the time I'd had the second box, I always knew I was going to have the third because it was there, so I might as well. What was your technique? Were you biting into the ice, which is difficult for some no, people? No, so I put I put it all in. 
put the whole lolly in? Yeah, like deep throat it mm-hmm. and suck a lot of the juice out around the edges so that it just becomes ice. So you suck all the juice out, you get all the flavour. And then it goes a little bit white and then I bite that bit and then I suck it even more in my mouth and put it on the roof of my mouth and just do that the whole time for 11. Next question, Daisy's reaction. Didn't bat an eyelid. Didn't bat an eyelid. It's just not a surprise to her anymore. Her husband has sat down next to her, yeah. smashed through 11 Valencia. Valencia. Orange lollies. She's not commented whatsoever. She's just gone, fucking hell. Like, you're a pig. <laughs> yeah, so there was, she did say Yeah, something. but it wasn't in a way, oh my God, you're such a pig. It's more like, yeah, you're a pig. Was that all the boxes that you had in the freezer? Yeah. Had you had a fourth box? I'd have eaten them. Would you? Definitely. How many boxes would you have had to have to not open another box? <sighs> Five. <laughs> I, six, I think I could do 16 in one sitting. 17's too many. <laughs> but do I look like I've got a little bit of a glow to me? I was going to ask that. Yeah. I was going to, rather than asking about your, your skin colour, yeah. I was going to ask what your shits were like the next morning. Luminous? No, they were just regular, like five, six times a day. They were my <laughs> regular. So um, I would highly recommend a diet of Valencia Aitholith. It helps me with snacking, otherwise I'd be eating... It helps you with snacking, it is snacking. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I have real issues with snacking at night. Yeah, okay? you're just describing 11 no, Valencia No, before that, that's to conquer my snacking How issues. have you conquered it? You've eaten Because I'm lollies. eating Valencia ice lollies <laughs> instead of fucking handful of nuts. <laughs> you know, the, the calorific of the nuts. better for you. What? Are they all the natural oils in a nut, but you've banged out 11 Valencia. Oh, this is bollocks. Right, Emily, is this true? Yeah? You know that Westminster Abbey bit that you said is going to be filmed? Yeah. So we're going to be able to watch every part of that uh, ceremony or is there parts that we miss out on? No, so we're not going to see the most sacred part of the ceremony. That is the anointing. And you might have heard about this holy oil that has been produced in Jerusalem, being blessed in Jerusalem. It's come here... The Archbishop of Canterbury will anoint the king with that. I think he anoints him on the head and chest. And that is the most sacred part of the ceremony. Now, when Queen Elizabeth was crowned, this was done under a canopy. And again, it was the only part of the ceremony that wasn't seen on camera. And there was some discussion about doing it this time around with the sort of transparent canopy so people could see, but you kept this moment of mystique. But we're not going to that see it. That sounds like a fudge to me, Emily. Do you know what I mean, Joe? <laughs> it does. Gazebo it or don't gazebo it. It's all or nothing, isn't it, right? It's either a private moment or it's not. There is going to be um, a canopy, but that moment will be private. That moment the king will wear a very simple white shirt. So whatever he's gone in wearing, you know, even if it's the diamond vest, Joe, <laughs> for that moment, he'll just be wearing a white shirt we won't see it either way, but the idea is it's just him and, and God in this moment. That's really, really disappointing. I think I think the royals are missing a trick here. It's 2023. He's the king of progress. Uh, this is all my words, not, you know, not from my sources. He's the king of progress. He's the king of the future. He's the king of climate. Like he's, He wants to get up to speed with everything. I think he's really missing a trick there. There's this lad called Francis uh, Bourge, Bourgeois. 
the guy who's uh, famous on TikTok and Instagram because he loves trains, absolutely besotted with trains, and he has this GoPro on his forehead, and it and it films his face downwards of his reactions to these trains going by. It's 2023. Social media is huge. If the royals <laughs> want to win over the whole of the public, because I think there is there is a split. There is definitely a split in the camp here. You know, like we spoke about, all the money that's being spent on it. There'll be a lot of people out there who are fucked off, like, hang on a minute, it's cost of living crisis. Where are you pulling all this fucking money out for this giant state affair? Um, but then... They won't be moaning when they've got a four-day bank holiday and loving life from off the back of it. Um, and then there's also the royalists who just absolutely love all the tradition of it all and and everything. But to really win them all over, stick a fucking GoPro on King Charles's forehead. Let everyone let get it in the crown. Get it in the crown behind one of the gems. Just let us see this oil. Maybe they should Call the BBC, Joe. See if they'll do it. Oh, mate. Just imagine that moment that he sticks this GoPro on his head and he rips open this white shirt and then he goes, Oi, right, let's get the Archbishop. He said, come on then, oil me up. And then you're just seeing all of King Charles's chest. Like, imagine that. Do you know what I mean? He's just got... Uh, and uh, and Matt, he's got an immaculate chest as well. Imagine he's like <laughs> actually shredded. He's got like a one fifty kilogram. You've bench thought about PB. this a lot. Oh, I am. I'm really getting <laughs> into it disturbed. now. And it's he's waxed. It's waxed, Ripped. and it's ready to be shined up by this holy oil. <laughs> now that's winning the hearts and minds of the UK. No. Right, we've gone about it in a really strange way, but what is the definition of etiquette? What is the definition of etiquette? It's uh, just how we interact with other people, really, and, and even potentially animals, if we want to go down that route, but we won't. But just how we interact <laughs> with animal other... etiquette. Oh, yeah, petiquette. Petiquette? Oh, yes. Yes, how you treat your dog. Just an example of a animal petiquette? A, a petiquette? Um, well, there's petiquette when you more go to other people's houses, for example. You don't just turn up with your dog, for example. You you have to sort of say, do you mind if I bring Fido or whatever? Mm. And, you know, be be open to them saying yes or no. So you, you, you've you texted me. We're friends now, yes, apparently. Yes, yes. Um, even though you're going to take my wife away from me and mm-hmm. marry her. Yes. But I'm still happy to be friends Keep with you. Keep your enemies close. And you seem absolutely delightful, so I want to yeah. be friends with you. Thank you. You've texted me saying... Yes. Can I bring Fido over for dinner? Yes. And I say no. Then I go, okay, that's fine. It's your house, it's your rules. Doesn't that already start... You, the pressure, though, that well, I, I wouldn't, would feel... But when, I wouldn't... Let's okay. If, if we switch it, I wouldn't say to you just a straightforward no. I would say, oh, would you rather not, or could you rather not? Bring Which essentially it? says no. It says no. <laughs> I'm still asking it back to you as a question. I would say, I would say that that's you beating around the bush, really. And well, that's there's a lot of that in etiquette: saying something but not saying something, like saying sorry when you don't mean sorry. When yes, you, saying sorry when you mean you massive bellend. What have you done? What or words to that effect? Sorry, yes. just give us give us the example that. What do you mean? Sorry that you're. Let's not say sorry. you're walking down the street. Someone bumps into you. Yeah. They're on their phone. Yeah. You'll mm. generally say sorry. Won't you? I'll say sorry. Yeah. Why he's bumped into me? Well, that's the point I'm making. It appears you've got less etiquette shown than we might. Have. Well, no. If he bumped into me because he was looking at his phone, I would probably turn and be like, "You're right." I'm waiting for you to apologise because you're the one in the wrong here. Whereas if it was the other way around and I'd bumped in some because I'd go, mate, I'm so sorry. Here's a situation, Joe, where you might apologise and not mean it. 
if you're catching a train and you've got a seat reservation, yeah, and you're looking at your phone, remember, looking for F31, you get to F31, someone's parked up in your seat. Mm. Do you just say to them, that's my seat, get out? Or do you say, oh, I'm really sorry, that's my seat? I would say, hi, how are you? And then... Why are you inquiring about their health? Just out of politeness. Okay. To, to make them feel a bit more at ease. Right, you before know, you evict them. I'm more aware of if you're standing over someone, mm. particularly if you're a bigger guy. Yeah, it would be quite intimidating. Guy, it might immediately intimidate them. So I try and soften that blow yes. with, oh yeah, how are you? Like soften my voice a little bit and go, um, I've got... Maybe it's a mistake on my part, but... Um, but that's, now, that's nice, because sometimes, you know, seat reservations go wrong. Sometimes people get on the wrong train, and you're convinced that that's your seat, but actually you're on the, you're on the, you should have been on the train, the platform across. So I do think, actually, that's very good. I'm going to take your side here. I would perhaps phrase it differently, but giving the other person in your seat the benefit of the doubt that potentially they're in your seat, not they are definitively in your seat. Joe, if we can role-play this, I'm in your seat, okay? Go. Hi there. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, what, what's up with you? Um, nothing. I, it's just, well, it, probably not your fault, but um, 31F, I've got 31F on my ticket here. Um, this looks like 31F. Is, is this your seat? Yeah, I'm sitting here, yeah. No, I know you're sitting here, but is that your seat? I don't care, mate. Empty seat, I'm sitting in it. Okay, so just for context, it's rammed. There's no other spare seats. If there was a spare seat, I would probably be like, I'd probably avoid the confrontation on this occasion. Would you? Okay, really? And just go and sit in another one. And then if the same thing happened, someone came and said, well, you're in my seat now. And I go, yeah, he's in my seat. And then that person goes, I don't care whether he's in your seat. That's your seat to deal with. And I go, that's cool. I'll just get my bag. And then I'll go and confront yes. that guy now. So then, I'd, then I've got more of an excuse to blame someone else. I say, sorry, mate, I'm back again. You're, you're actually sat in my seat. There's no reservations on this one. They've just announced it. Look, there's nothing up there on the... No, there is. I've got a reservation for this seat. Church your ticket? I don't have to, mate. Pardon? How's he doing, William? Well, it's a good argument for getting a car, this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're being very obstructive, aren't you? Deliberately so, will you? Yes. So, do you think the way I ended up approaching it, I was ultimately I'm in the right? Yes. Oh no, you're well as long seat. as as long as you are absolutely that it you know has to be hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I would have used that time away in my spare seat to make sure I was a hundred percent in the right, anticipating being moved from that seat to come back and then fucking shove a rocket up your ass oh. and go, look, mate, I ain't fucking about now. I don't want. I just fuck off. Or I'll have to go get the conductor. Alternatively, I would probably go to the toilet, eat the whole pot of salt and vinegar Pringles that I've got, just like, gone, they're good. And then shit in that Pringle pot. Yeah. Bring it back to the carriage with the lid on and go, look, mate, are you going to move from my seat or not? No. Cool. No worries. Enjoy, enjoy your journey. And as I go to walk off, I, I quickly slip behind him, put the Pringle pot underneath his seat, take the lid off, and go to the next carriage and sit on one of the luggage stools or whatever, <laughs> and so that he just stinks of shit. What's the etiquette rule on that, William? Do you know what? No one's ever asked me a question quite that detailed. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever um, asked you what they should do. If they eat an entire tube of Pringles in a toilet, shit in the packet, put the lid back on, go back into the carriage, take the lid off and put it behind someone sitting down. 
Well, I wouldn't. I think you lose the moral high ground when you when you invoke the Pringle trick. We'll trick. call it that. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Because then all sympathy is not with you. This episode is sponsored by the following marvellous people. Fireman Sam Williams. Carrie the Noble Steed. Fifty Shades of Phil Gray. The Stiff Meister Robin Stiff. Tender Love and Sean Carey. John Dickinson's Real Deal. You can call me Al. Alan. Under the Sea. Sebastian Shlovsky. Reggae Reggae Sauce. It's Matthias Reggie Alcane. Matt Johnson, Gareth Burke and John Bradford. The Conqueror. William Mitchelson. Go well, Mark Well. And the van man, James Napier. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Right, we've had the smallest uh, insignificant <laughs> injuries. What about the most ridiculous injuries you've seen? There's been some horrific things. I've had perforated bowels because of things going up orifices. Like what? You just confirm what perforated means. I thought that was something to do with your ears. So when you perforate your eardrum, yeah. it pops, doesn't it? And ruptures and rips. And You've had pop buttholes. <laughs> bowels. Popped bowels. Yeah. That's quite high up, Fucking isn't it? hell, that's deep as fuck. Right, what sort of items is going that deep then? Um, oh, Where would you like me to start? From the beginning. Okay. So I've had shampoo bottles, mm-hmm. Coke cans, litre vodka bottle. Litre? That's smashed. <gasps> oh! Some, some people are quite honest and you go, why did you do it? Oh, just did it. I'm not right, okay. But some people give really good stories and you can tell they've really thought them through. <laughs> and you don't believe them. <laughs> the guy with the toilet brush stuck up his bum gave oh. a fantastic story. What end? Uh, the handle end. So the bristles were sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> was he wearing trousers? Uh, yeah, he was wearing like uh, baggy joggers when he. I bet he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's his chat when you've found this toilet brush up his ass? So, he said that he'd been on a night out, got very drunk. Yeah, believable. Come home, he'd vomited, missed the toilet, went all over the toilet. Could happen. So, he'd chucked a load of bleach over it. So, the toilet seat was, he just chucked a load of bleach. Yeah. Got up in the morning, forgot he'd vomited, <laughs> sat on the toilet, slipped on all the bleach <laughs> and landed on the toilet brush. I know you're laughing, Tom, but I think that's really plausible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, it, you thought plausible. long and hard about it. How did you treat it? Uh, he had to go to theatre, have it taken out. What? Why do you have to have an operation for that? I'm just there going, all right, bend over. Because it was too far up, it had perforated, it had popped part of his bowel as well. And uh, it couldn't be pulled out without causing more damage, so. Have you ever had any live animals up someone's anoose? <laughs> had toy dinosaurs. Which dinosaur was it? T-Rex? There was lots of different species he put up there. You wouldn't want a stegosaurus up there, ones. would you? <laughs> stegosaurus up <laughs> You could see them all on the x-ray. What would be harder? <laughs> oh, hang on, so one person had lots of toy yeah, dinosaurs? Yeah, put them. How up. many? Uh... Can't remember. Fucking so, more than one's enough. We can imagine them thinking they've put one toy dinosaur up their ass, and then they've gone, mm, might be room for another. And they've put another toy dinosaur up their ass, and they've gone, in for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> I had one not long ago. She'd got a um, like little bullet vibrator stuck in her vagina. Stuck in her stuck vagina? In her vagina. Yeah. Was it still buzzing <laughs> when she came in? <laughs> well, she'd been waiting a while, bless her. So when I, uh, when I triaged her... 
her first words was like, I'm so glad the battery's dying. <laughs> <laughs> How long had she been waiting and buzzing? A couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, I did laugh at that. I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> she understood. I'm so glad She's the batteries bad. died. <laughs> I've been seeing her for a couple of hours. Uh, what Fucking what? hell. <laughs> she must be sweating. <laughs> oh my God. Shit. I'm going to have to have a little break, Tom. We need a little break because it's getting smuttier and smuttier. <laughs> What about people who get on the tracks? Are they drunk people or people getting on potentially deliberately as they may have done this morning for me? Yeah, well, drunk people we get often just trying to get home quicker. The railway, you know, they think is a good shortcut, especially if they, rather than walking all the way round, they'll cut across or sometimes the railway will go direct to their like town. I've had Because <laughs> it's a railway. I've, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've had that. Like, why, why, why go along the way? curvy road and you can take a direct route on the track so I've had mm. that I've had to take drunk people off who are just trying to get home um, but yeah the, the the darker side of the job is that we do get a lot of people that are there with intent to hurt themselves um, I would say I probably average one a week one a week now I had two just in the last few days yeah oh. there'll be a lot of people out there that immediately go do you, you know when it happens that someone's chosen to take their life by jumping in front of a train and using that way, there will actually be a lot of insensitive people that go, fucking hell, like, why have you... You spoke about cows causing thousands of pounds worth of delays and that lot, and then loads of people sit there going, well, that's ridiculous. If you want to take your own life, take it some other way rather than involving everyone else in it and that's selfish in the way you're doing it. And you're like, fucking hell, mate. Like, I don't think they're thinking that clearly no. when they're doing it. How do you cope or manage with having to respond to situations like that? Um, we get a lot of training. Uh, the company are really good at training us, and we also get external training from Samaritans. So they train us sort of how to deal with that, but also how to deal with those people if they haven't done it yet. Also, just the colleagues around us, we're all in the same job. The people I work with are superb. You know, we'll talk. If you want to talk, we'll talk. If you don't want to talk, we're here when you want to, that sort of thing. Uh, line managers, we always get phone calls or visits after a job to say, are you okay? You know, do you want to talk about anything? Do you want to take the rest of the day off? Things like that. So it's a really good support network. And, um, you know, personally, I just will have a chat with my colleague, maybe the guy that's coming on that night for the, you know, for the changeover. Or I might talk to my dad when I go home. I chat to him quite a bit about work. And that's sort of my way of decompressing and dealing with it. But there is also like a slight dissociation. You have to sort of draw that line of, sadly, they're now gone. You know, so, and you have a job to do and you do it in a way that is respectful to them and, you know, respectful to their family and is in, within line, in line with your work. But you do, well, I personally sort of will disassociate from that that's now no longer a living person, you know. God, I mean, you've made that sound really simple, Ross, and it's, it's, it's not, not. No, it's not. But it does come with experience, and it comes with having good people around as well. But there's no way I'd be able to just do it on my own. Have you ever had an incident that you've had to talk someone down from it? or? Yeah, I've had quite a few. We've got a, a quite a high culvert bridge where I work. It's very high above the road, and you'd got up there, which is on the track, with intention of jumping down onto the road. So he wasn't intending of using using the train to take his life. He was intending jumping off the bridge. Um, but 
people can't, only I can get up there to get to him, only I can make it safe, you know, to, to get to him. So just sort of um, go up there. I always take a bottle of water with me, just say, you know, do you want a, do you want a bottle of water? Do you, what's going on? Talk to me. Are you having a bad day? And um, it's, everybody's different. You know, some people are just really happy to see you and that's all they needed. Um, other people, you have to be careful. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to push them in the wrong direction. You, you want to, you know, want to be there for them, but don't want to, don't want to drive them away either. So. You've got a huge responsibility in in what is like a small part of your job, but yeah, yeah. When you said you've you've had to deal with two this week already, yeah, it's it's a common yeah common um, point. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of them. Like paramedics or BTP will get there before us because they What's travel. What's BTP? Uh, British Transport Police because they'll travel on blue lights, so they'll get there before us, and you know they might have taken the person to hospital or whatnot. But um, but sometimes if it's in remote locations where you know access to the railway is particularly difficult and can only be done with with me there, I might get there first. In which case, yeah, we just we just talk to them. That's, that's all you can do. That's an amazing skill to have, Ross. Like. Uh, I know you were having to downplay this, but Joe, I think you and I would struggle with that. But Ross, you you having to do it all the time. It, it's good and bad points of the job. You know, it's actually quite a nice feeling if you've been successful in that. I don't go home and think to myself every day, I hope that guy's still okay, I hope that girl's still okay. You know, I, I, you sort of do your job and you, that was successful. We got them off safely and hopefully now they'll get the help and then you move on to the next job, which again sounds qu- quite callous, but I think if you think about it every day, it would get too much. But it is just a small part of what we do. I personally, I, I like that part of my job because I feel like I'm actually doing something that's a bit significant. Who's on our next episode, please, Tom? Joe, it's an archaeologist. I think you mean a... Maggie, can you say archaeologist? Archaeologist. <laughs> archaeologist. 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 Close. Archaeologist. Archaeologist. Do you mean one of them? Yes. Lovely. See you then. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.